This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk back again with you guys for another episode of our tactical. Ta- what? What am I talking about on <laughs> the Arsenal transfer show? You know, after doing 212 of these, you'd think I'd know how to say the title sequence right. But thank you so much for joining us. Hope you're doing good. Hope you're doing well. Uh, and I hope you've had a fantastic week so far. A um, couple of housekeeping things before we get kicked off. If you haven't already, go and listen to the Canton and Simu show from this week. It was over on Harry's channel. Uh, you can find that at the Chronicles of Aguna. Just type in Harry Simu and it will come up on your YouTube feed. We do that show every week, alternating on each other's channels. So next week's will be over here, whilst this week's was over on his channel. So make sure that you've gone and given that a listen. Uh, good morning to everybody joining us in the chat box today. Matt G, good morning to you, to Ian, to Mark, to Simon, Black Shine, Olu, uh, Jez. We've got Martin, we've got Morgie, Peter, Titus, Tulip, Afsar, Jose, Nicola, uh, we've got Moch and Anthony. Uh, good morning, guys. hope you're all good and well. Luke, Elder, uh, Elder Boatza Jr., uh, Marcus, Aiden, Christopher, Dave. Good morning, guys, uh, and everybody else, of course, that is also joining us as well. Thank you so much uh, for continually making this part of your morning routine. If you haven't already done so, please do help us out by dropping a like on the video. It massively, massively helps to push it through to even more people to get updated as to the world of Arsenal. Uh, and of course, if you are new to the channel, subscribe. Uh, only around 50% of the people that watch the channel are in fact subbed. So half of you, you're freeloading. So come on, jump and press that subscribe button. It really would help things out. And if you'd like to even do even more than that, you can, like Jack Elliott just has, join up as a brand new member to the channel as well. Thank you, Jack. I'm sure that the chat box is already welcoming you kindly to the TGT crew. You get lots of exclusive extras, including classic and new emojis coming next season. Uh, and of course, access to our Discord server, uh, which is the TGT community in its full uh, evolved form, if you like. Uh, but let's, without further ado, crack on with today's stories. Uh, we kick off, as always, by telling you to go and subscribe to the Arsenal Way. I'll be live over there at 10 a.m. as usual uh, with Bailey and Chris joining me today. So look forward 
to a conversation over there about all things Arsenal and more. Jack Wilshere took charge of his first under-18s training session for the club yesterday after being officially announced a couple of days ago. Uh, and they will start the season uh, after what I have heard of a potential uh, friendly being cancelled because I think they want to, you know, they want to look at specifically who's available and, and what they want. And now everything's changed regarding the setup. I think they're just delaying things a bit. So despite that friendly uh, not going ahead, what we are going to see is these guys massively get the opportunity to see um, what they've got available to them for the brand new season. Players, of course, have moved from the under 18s to the under 21s. Players I'd expect like Kayon Edwards to make that step up. And I'm looking forward to seeing who comes through Hayland next year. Now, Ainsley Maitland-Niles left a cryptic message on his Instagram story, uh, simply just reading the words from Romans 8.28, God can turn around any situation. What this cryptic and potential message regarding his future means is, of course, uncertain. Does this mean that he could turn around uh, and start staying with Arsenal and fight for a place in the Arsenal team? Or is it to turn around his career and find a club where he may settle much better? I guess only time will tell. But Maitland-Niles at the moment is not uh, looking likely to move on at the moment. But there have been several inquiries from a number of clubs, both in the Premier League and across the continent as well. So there is interest, but there's nothing concrete of a potential exit at this point in time. Um, Moving forwards, and Gabriel Jesus scored again. Uh, Arsenal played a friendly yesterday, uh, an in-house friendly. The squad was split into two teams. Referees, linesmen, all available, all there. It was an official match, if you like, or unofficial, but official kind of 90-minute game um, between the two teams split. I don't know if there was any bearing on if it was two teams, one of those that were travelling to US one that wasn't, or whether it was the US squad split into two halves, I'm not sure. But what I can tell you is that Gabriel Jesus scored again in the 1-1 draw that it was. Uh, and that will be obviously very, very interesting indeed as to what we can expect more from our brilliant Brazilian in not just the US, but of course back and at the start of next season. Exciting times for having this guy as Arsenal's number nine. Rafinha is, as Fabrizio has quoted, here we go. Uh, We'll be joining Barcelona this summer after Leeds and Barcelona agreed on a deal. at A figure that Arsenal were just nowhere near fancying going for. Just they wanted to get Rafinha in for a more reasonable price. It wasn't ever going to happen for the figures that are now being quoted. And wow, Leeds have got themselves a huge amount of money, which they've already ended up investing on plenty of players, most of them from Red Bull clubs this summer but uh, Rafinha joins Barcelona imminently uh, a player that won't be joining either Barcelona or Arsenal imminently is Alexander Izak who still remains at Real Sociedad but formerly of Arsenal's linkage uh, we were very strongly linked to the striker back in January Newcastle are said to be the club that are pushing the strongest to try and sign Izak this summer they want a brand new striker to join alongside Callum Wilson and they've identified Isaac as to be that player. He still has that £75 million release clause, that €90 million release clause in his contract. Arsenal aren't going to be looking to compete for the signing. I think we've ended up getting a much better forward by waiting six months and not rushing and bringing in Isaac in January. Uh, And Gabriel Jesus is clear, in my view, of the Swede by quite some distance. Uh, Now, Grimaldo is in England. Uh, Maybe not to complete a transfer, but it may make the process easier. He has arrived in England with the Benfica squad who are currently training 
in England as we speak. Uh, I don't know whether or not this is going to enable Arsenal to show him around the training ground or convince him in any way to join Arsenal because he's over here. But Grimaldo is in England. So if you start seeing some uh, clips or uh, photographs of Grimaldo walking around the streets of England, it may not be as clear a sign that he's joining Arsenal as it may seem on the surface as the Benfica squad currently are. Um, but there was reports that we, of course, did submit that €7 million Euro bid for Grimaldo and that he was looked upon as a potential alternative to uh, Lissandro Martinez, who looks from reports ever closer to a move to Manchester United. But Grimaldo uh, is a potential alternative that I'm hopefully looking on doing a lot more uh, breakdowns on this week. So we're planning on looking to do that as soon as peaceably possible. So you guys have got something to kind of really get your teeth sunk into regarding the Spanish left back. Um, our penultimate story is on Yuri Tillemans, despite some suggestions of a bid being rejected. This stage still tells us that there is no indication that Arsenal have yet made a bid for Yuri Tillemans. They are still looking at their other priority uh, players in both the same position as Tillemans and elsewhere. They feel as though they would be able to get Tillemans quite comfortably if they wanted to, but are looking to try and contract you know, priority players, players they consider to be of a higher standard. So still no bid as of yet. Um, but I did say at the start of the week that I thought this would be a big week in the Tillemans situation. So let's see how this progresses over the next few days. And lastly, as our headline story will likely be for quite some time, the latest on Lucas Paqueta. Um, <laughs> Bosch, who is the Lyon uh, manager right now, Peter Bosch, formerly of Bayer Leverkusen, uh, was actually asked about um, Lucas Paqueta and he was asked, why did you bring Lucas Paqueta into the second team? Um, that, I assume, is a question based upon a friendly that took place. Paqueta wasn't playing with the first team. Interesting. Um, he said, for me, it's not a B team, the journalist said, but it looks like he's going away now in your mind. And Bosch said, who? Lucas? He laughs. Who said that? And the journalist said, this is our interpretation of your choices. And Bosch said, it's dangerous to explain. Um, whether or not that's any bearing on whether Lucas Paqueta is indeed leaving, we don't know. There has been reports that he's very keen to move on and he's made Leon aware of the fact that he wants to move on this summer and that he's open to a move to a higher level, be that the Premier League or elsewhere, both uh, competitively and financially. Arsenal are said to have a serious interest in him. I've got no reason to doubt those links to Lucas Paqueta at all. Whether or not Arsenal will make a bid in the coming days, we will have to wait and see. But you can be sure that we will keep you up to date with whether or not that situation changes. But uh, regarding both Tielemans and Paqueta, I would be very doubtful that we would go for both. I do feel like it would be one or the other. And if it is to be Paqueta, it may even open up the opportunity to sign a defensive midfielder uh, on top of that because he doesn't offer... Arsenal, a defensive-minded option in midfield. He's very, very much an offensive option. He can do some of the dirty work in midfield, don't get me wrong. And his defensive dual stats, as we showed you in the tactical breakdown, certainly showed that, and his pressures too. But he isn't a deep midfielder. Uh, he could potentially play in that left eight role and has done for Brazil on several occasions. But I don't see him as giving us the defensive additions in midfield that we have discussed at length on the channel. And I think most of us agree all need for next season. And that completes all of today's stories. So if you are enjoying uh, these constant updates every day about what's going on around the world of Arsenal, please do consider dropping a like on the video. Subscribe as well. We're going to jump to the second part of today's show, which as always is tackling as many of your questions from the chat box as we can. So start throwing in those capital Q's 
into the chat box and we'll take as many of them as feasibly possible. here what that was really strange i don't know why that <laughs> why the screen froze then really really odd let's uh let's tackle some of your questions then uh, alex jones says uh do we think that jesus in ketia and youth players is enough up front personally i would be extremely disappointed if we don't get another forward who can play up front for me i was always looking at arsenal trying to bring in a wide player that had the scope to play also in the middle is jesus and Nketiah and balogun enough of an option probably not you know realistically it probably isn't and that's why I wanted to see a wide player come in of course Paqueta is someone that's played as a false nine for Leon played as a second striker so there's potential for him to be an option more so than others but Gabriel Martinelli is also another player that has, has got scope to play, uh, play in a more central role too so there is scope in the squad especially if you say brought in a Paqueta I did want to see a wide player that had the ability to also play centrally because I think leaning on Jesus and Nketiah and potentially Balogun to be our striker options for next season is, there's an associated with risk with that. So I think it certainly would be a risk. I've also left a poll, by the way, in the chat box this morning. So if you want to tackle that, the question today is how many players will Arsenal sign between now and the start of the season? Your options are zero, one, two, or more than two. And thankfully, there's quite a lot of optimism. More optimism than I have, actually. Um, 55% of you at the moment say two. Uh, 15% say one. 6% say zero. And a massive 24%, the second highest percentage on that poll, says more than two players will be signed before the season starts on August 5th. I would have voted for one, personally. I think one is more realistic with another one maybe coming towards the end of the window. I, like Harry, think that two is the most realistic number of additions between now and the end of the summer. I hope for three. I really would like to see three, one in the forward line, one in the midfield, and one in um, the defensive area. But uh, I'm not entirely optimistic about that, I'll be honest, at the moment. But that's how you're feeling about those at the moment. So keep voting and keep liking on the video. It takes a second to click that button and then another button. That's all it takes, but it really does help things out across the channel uh ross says tom do you believe that one of jaka parte el neni or sambi would have to leave before we bring in a tillemans or a savage no i don't think they would have to leave at all i think with the addition of the europa league this season and the idea around strengthening the squad there's always this obsession around replacing players strengthening your squad doesn't mean taking one player out putting one player in always it can mean that if you upgrade on a certain player, say if Lucas Torreira goes, I suppose you're replacing him with a potential midfielder. But, you know, strengthening your teams is also about numbers as well as just replacing. So I don't think they have to be moved on before we can sign Tielemans. And I don't think that's one of the reasons why that deal is is stalling or is not happening as of yet. Um, let's go to Dave, who says, does anyone share my views that Thomas Partey is a single point of failure in the team? If he is out, you know, as we've experienced with injuries across last season, we are severely weakened and can't adequately cover. And losing Partey last season was a massive, massive loss, of course. And we have talked about this at length. You know, the step down from Partey to Xhaka to Lokonga to Elneny is significant. So if Partey is injured next season for any extended period of time, we're going to be in a situation where, yes, Dave, we have got a serious drop-off. And that's why we looked at Lissandro Martinez, because I think he could have covered at defensive midfield really, really well. He's played there uh, on a number of occasions. 
That's why I think if we sign Paqueta, I would be looking to bring in someone like an Ibrahim Sangara to come in and play that role. That said, Lukonga, there's plenty of potential in his game. And the only way that he becomes ready is by playing more football. So there, there's always that, that, that we can hang on and hope that we've got someone like Lukonga that can come in and really flourish if Partey does get injured. Uh, Half South African says, who would be who would we sign together with Paqueta, your two other realistic options? I think Grimaldo and, and Sangara are the other two. Like If you told me that the end of the window would be Paqueta, Sangara and Grimaldo, I'd be very, very, very happy with how Arsenal's business has gone because we've signed players like Sangara, who I believe is a genuine upgrade on uh, both the potential Xhaka, uh, Partey backup player, You've got uh, Jesus coming in and upgrading the striker. Fabio Vieira has the potential to give us so much more quality in the final third, as does Paqueta. And Grimaldo is a step up on Tavares as well. Matt Turner, of course, coming in to cover. And Marquinhos is an exciting option as well that we've got to think about. But I think that there's lots of scope to, to have improved the squad with those three additional players as well. Uh, 24-7 Positive Wellbeing says, Tom, how do you view Chelsea's transfer erraticness and Man United becoming the new Ajax? Chelsea's erraticness, I think, can be leaned heavily upon Todd Bowley coming in and wanting to make a statement. I like the erratic nature of it. I think that it gives, obviously, Arsenal a bit more of an opportunity to be more planned and astute and savvy with the signings that they make. I mean, I, I like the signing of Koulibaly, and he was a player that I suggested Arsenal go for this summer. I don't think that I don't get the criticism of that signing. I think signing him on a five-year deal, sure, there's questions about being 31 years of age, but as a centre-back who's going to play in the middle of a back three, I don't think there's that much worry or risk associated with that. He will just replace Thiago Silva, who has played up to the age of 37, like the likes of Chiellini, like you know Benucci and Ramos and will do, like Pepe has done, who's now 39, like Zanetti did. You know, I don't think there's necessarily too much of a problem um, with that. Um, so I think that Koulibaly is, is a good piece of business by Chelsea and gives them a lot more in defence than they previously had. So I, I don't think that there's necessarily anything to be questioning about that, but the erraticness of their window is certainly giving me more encouragement that Arsenal, Arsenal can take advantage of that. Man United becoming the new Ajax, it's not surprising. Ten Hag wants to work with players that he's familiar with. He's already got Van der Beek. He's now brought in Malassia, of course, was at final, but I'm sure... Ten Hag will know plenty about. He wants to bring in Martinez. I think Broby was another one that he looks at, he's looking at. He's being linked with a lot of Ajax players. Um, we'll see if that indeed does change. And if Ronaldo leaves as well, that's a potential exit from the club this summer too. Um, Craig says, who would be the perfect competition for Partey and Saka? I think that's where we need the most cover. Sangara for me, uh, for Partey and for Saka. It's a good question. I've pointed to Musa Diaby. I think he's a really good potential option. Would he come to Arsenal? We've already got Saka. I'm not sure. If not, Pedro Gonçalves at Sporting Lisbon is the other one. Um, Rich says, uh, Tom, if we get Paqueta, aren't we going to end up unbalanced? More than that, isn't there a risk Smith run? Other bench players will be unhappy. I'd sooner have a ball winner. Uh, Rich, no, I think we're following the Manchester City model. I think that's become quite clear. You've got Vieira, Smithrow, Martinelli, Saka, still got uh, Pepe and Nelson, of course, uh, Odegaard and potentially Paqueta with four competitions next season. Heavy, heavy rotation, five substitutions as well. I don't think there's any issues. I also would not be making the decision to not sign someone at the risk of making Smithrow or anyone else unhappy that they may not be starting as many games. If Arsenal want to get back to the top, they need to be ruthless with their squad. Paqueta is better than Smithrow. 
They are, it's, it's, there's not much debate about that. Paqueta is a more accomplished, more developed and higher level player than Smith Rowe is. Smith Rowe could definitely reach that level when he gets to the same age, could be matching that of Paqueta. But adding someone as good as that who can give you immediate impact and still keep Smith Rowe and give him plenty of minutes at the same time, I don't think there's any issues with that whatsoever. Um, let's go to Amiro says, morning, Tom, any idea why we went for Nuno rather than Grimaldo last season? Availability, cheapness, you know, he would have had two years left on his contract, Grimaldo at Benfica. Uh, we needed a backup left back and Tavares was available for a very, very reasonable fee. Grimaldo now with the one year left on his contract is also available for a very, very reasonable fee. Um, so that's the reason as to why we went for Tavares over Grimaldo last summer. Um, let's go to uh, Dersh, who says, Tom, with the getting Lucas, do you think we cool our interest in the wide forward? Probably. You know, I don't see us going for Paqueta and a wide player. Uh, I think Paqueta has shown he can play, obviously, centrally in a false nine as a second striker. So there is scope for him to gav- to have some sort of cover in a central role, in a more attacking-minded setup, should we be desperate to have someone there. So I think there is potential there. Um, I think it would rule out the opportunity of signing a wide player this summer if we did go and get Paqueta. Um, let's go to... Who's spamming the chat box with questions? Um, yeah, please please don't spam the chat box with questions over and over again because I, I won't answer them. Uh, let's go to... Tulip, who says, are we as a fan base uh, sleeping too much on Vieira? As we haven't seen much of him, which is understandable, I'm very excited. Yes, absolutely. I think that we haven't been able to see what he's been capable of. I think the excitement around Gabriel Jesus would have doubled, you know, when he scored those goals against Nuremberg. And obviously, hopefully we can see more of him in the US tour. I think the excitement around his signing would have doubled. So if you know, if he comes in, Fabio Vieira and scores or assists or does some mad plays in preseason, the excitement will absolutely be more than possible uh, to see that excitement around him build and double and triple and, you know, even get him further forwards as well. Uh, James says, how do I rate Reese Nelson's chances of playing uh, or getting a breakthrough this season? Not particularly highly. He's only got the year left. I don't know whether or not he's going to stay. And is he going to get in ahead of Martinelli and Smith-Rowe and Saka and potentially Vieira and potentially Paqueta? I don't know. Um, I think he's going to struggle still, even with the amount of people there. So we'll have to wait and see. Uh, Lynn says, this is my concern. If we go for a cheap version, then we have to buy again, which costs us twice. And it's not economical. Uh, it's not, but I would say that a £5.9 million Grimaldo is not particularly financially taxing on us. But other players, other positions where you're spending upwards of £30 million, absolutely. That's why I don't think going for Paqueta and Tielemans is financially that smart. Going for Paqueta and, say, a, a Sangara would be more financially savvy because they cover two completely different areas. There's too much crossover between Paqueta and, say, Tielemans for that deal to make more sense. Uh, Reese says, West Ham might sign Skamaka. Why aren't Arsenal all over it as a backup striker? Um, let's have a quick check on that story because he was obviously very strongly linked with PSG. Uh, but the Guardian suggests that West Ham pursues to swallow striker Skamaka ahead of uh, a mid-PSG interest. West Ham are in talks over a deal for Sassuolo striker Drew, uh, Jean-Luca Skamaka. It could also take a bit of €50 million Euros 
for Sassuolo to sell? Well, there's your answer. You know, you've got Gabriel Jesus, you've got Nketiah, and we need to spend in both defence, midfield, and potentially a wide or attacking midfield, Paqueta-style player. You're not going to see Arsenal spend 50 million euros on another striker. If we could have signed, if we could have qualified for the Champions League, then maybe. But the reason why we've ever renewed Nketiah, I think, because it's given us the ability to then spend money in other positions. That's why we've not gone for Sassuolo. Um, let's just go on to Twitter. Is there any suggestions? Yes, West Ham are preparing an opening bid uh, of around 40 million euros for Skamaka, uh, but they want 50 million euros. So there you go. And Gazeta della Sport have done an article which says Villarreal defender Pau Torres um, is going to become Juventus's number one over Arsenal defender Gabriel as well. So more updates on Gabriel looking like he won't be going anywhere near Juve because Arsenal have told them where to go. Uh, Mohamed says, hey Tom, which is more important signing, a number six or a winger? I think a number six is probably more important than a winger. Um, I think that we've got, whilst we've still got Pepe and Nelson, you know, you've still got depth there. If they were to both leave, then there's arguments that we should probably go out then and sign a winger. But uh, the gap between Partey and the others is significant. So I would probably bring in uh, a number six over the winger. A potential number six that has versatility to their game as well, I think is also going to be really, really key. Uh, let's go for uh, Manu, who says, surprise package of the season, question mark for me. It might be Reese in Europe or Sambi and Elneny playing more than expected. I hope it's Sambi. I'd love it to be Sambi because I think he would prove a lot of people wrong that have, you know, far prematurely, you know, prematurely judged the guy. I think there's a lot of scope to see more from Sambi this season, and I'm looking forward to what he does. Um, let's go to Daniel says, are you out on the idea of a wide forward this summer? It seems like it's quite far down the priority list. Yeah, I mean, it was a case of Rafinha was an opportunity. They saw that if there was any uh, possibility that we might be able to get um, Rafinha, they would have done it because they liked him as an individual. It wasn't the case of he was top of the list of wingers, and now they're going to go to plan B, C, D, etc., he was seen as an opportunity to sign this summer, but they weren't going to go to the levels that eventually that transfer has gone to. Quite similar to the Sandro Martinez situation. So there you go. Um, let's go to Ian, who says, are you confident that all of the players that needs to go will leave either on loan or sell? If not, which player do you think would benefit us more? For me, it's Torreira. Uh, I probably agree with you. I'm not confident that all the players that we need to get rid of will go. I have a feeling that Pablo Marie may end up staying. Um, at the moment, there's no suggestions that any teams are coming back in. There was interest at the start of the window, but that has since changed. He's probably the least confident that I'm about leaving. Torreira, I'm more confident will go because he's got more of a, a more of a, um, ambition, an incentive, a drive to leave um, than Pablo Marie. But yeah, I'm not confident that everybody will go uh, once again. So there you go. Uh, Mahirab says, I just saw a rumour that Arsenal are still interested in Madison. I mean, Madison has been interesting Arsenal and Arteta for a long time. So Arsenal would certainly have an interest in the player, I'm sure, but they just have a lot of other players that they are looking at as, you know, as more realistic and more financially viable than, than James Madison. Uh, let's go to Jean, who says, the last few months I've really seen a positive progress from Nketiah. Why are our fan base so reluctant to his abilities? I have faith. I think because of, you know, the length of time that he's been at the club and hasn't necessarily succeeded. He's not he's not a new toy. The whole new toy syndrome that obviously we talk about on the channel comes into this a lot as well. Had he been or had he have been a, a player that offered loads over the course of his, his however many years, eight years at the club now, 
um, with four of those years coming in a more senior level in the team with more opportunities, breaking into the squad, taking more sub opportunities, then maybe he would have been, you know, higher rated and we'd maybe be able to expect more. But five goals in eight starts isn't going to convince people. And why should it? You know, why should five goals in eight starts convince everybody? It shouldn't. You know, you've got to put that in across a whole season and start gaining more traction. I'm more than happy to see him given opportunities because I think he's earned that with the opportunities that he took at the end of last year. But that's why you're still seeing the reluctance, I think, uh, for people to put faith in him. Look, we wanted to prove people wrong. If he succeeds, Arsenal succeeds. So that's what we want to see. Hopefully all of us want to see next year. Uh, Jack, yes, there will be an FPL this season. Uh, I'm going to try and sort it out this week. As soon as I've done it, you guys will know. Don't worry, I will put it together. Uh, let's go to uh, Martin, who says, Tommy, you alluded to the reason we're dragging our heels is financial, yet there appeared to be money available for Rafinha. Yeah, the reason why I say that is not like we don't have the money to go for this player, etc. You know, if we wanted to spend £70 million on Rafinha, I'm sure we could have spent £70 million on Rafinha. Two things. One, they don't value him at £70 million. Secondly, they've got other positions they need to go for with the budget that they have. If they spend £70 million on a Rafinha, it might mean they can't get the defender or the midfielder or three positions you know, that they want to go and try and strengthen in this summer. It might blow the budget that we've got left on one player. And what we can do is instead go for someone cheaper, add in a Grimaldo to that that would give us great cover at left back and still be able to bring in a midfielder. So that's why uh, there's the financial... Um, hints that there's not issues but certainly why there's reluctance to go as high as certain bids for the likes of Rafinha and Lissandro Martinez um let's round things off with a couple more and then we'll finish up uh Darren says do you think clubs that travel shorter distances in their preseason tours gain more of a benefit leading up to the start of the season not really um I, I think there's too much lead on that to be honest preseason doesn't matter too much I think in terms of European competitors that are constantly traveling abroad throughout the season suffer, but I don't think pre-season wise. It's two flights. Some Sometimes it's slightly more, but it's usually two flights. So it's not too much of a problem. And players are used to flying quite often these days as well. Um, and Gabenga says, you really sound like you're not sold on Enketia. Well, I mean, you've misinterpreted me entirely if that's the case. So uh, I'm sold on him being a potential competitor at second striker, uh, but I would have liked to have seen Arsenal go for a wide player that could also cover in the middle should we need someone to. Anyway, uh, thank you so much, guys, for tuning in. Uh, really appreciate it, as always. I'll be live in just over an hour and a half's time on the Arsenal Way. Link in the channel description, as always, through the link tree. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'll probably be back this afternoon at some point. Uh, if not, I'll be back, of course, tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. I hope you have a fantastic Wednesday. I will see you again very, very soon. Drop a like on the video. Subscribe to the channel if you're new. And, as always, up the Arsenal. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. 
Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Are you a reality TV junkie? Do you ever think, dang, I wish I had someone to talk to about all the trash TV that I watch? Well, look no further, garbage lover, because Reality Gaze is a podcast for you. Hello, I'm Maddie. And I'm Poodle, and we're the Reality Gaze. We talk about all your favorite unscripted shows like The Golden Bachelor, Love is Blind, and TLC's big, messy behemoth, 90 Day Fiance. And if you're driving to work, folding laundry, or just pretending to listen to your husband talk about sports, just put on the pod, and you've instantly got two gay besties spilling all the tea and reading these people for filth. So come at us, y'all. Find Reality Gaze wherever you listen to podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.